This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. Chris, you play music above a bowling alley, do you? I did. I played music above a bowling alley last week. Uh, it was so great to see so many Shake Them Ropers out at Bolskis. Uh, many of you came from hundreds of miles away to see this show out here in Lakewood, Dallas, Texas. Uh, no, that didn't actually happen, but we did actually play a bowl skis. We were over the bowling alley itself, like over the pins and the pin restocking machines. And where we were at was on top of this scaffold that is like a wooden scaffold 15 feet above a cement floor behind the pin resetting machines. And we had to climb up a flight of stairs that was apparently made on spec and the person building it got bored or stopped getting paid somewhere during the middle of this process because they finished up the job rather quickly. The first few steps of these stairs were fine enough as crudely constructed wooden stairs go, but towards the top of these stairs, Hawkins, they stopped doing wider planks of wood that you might actually use to have a full footing. And instead they were replaced with just two by fours. And <laughs> it, 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 you, you were having to like balance and angle your foot. Did I mention that we're lifting 30, 40, 50 pound amplifiers up onto the scaffold? Only one of the rails worked. The There was a second rail on one side uh, where the pins were, um, but that was just like crudely bolted into the floor. Not bolted. Bolted would be more reinforced than it was. It was screwed into the wood at three different points along the way, and those like those hinge points had clearly started to bend, and the 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 rail was more there as as a last ditch like maybe you won't fall into the pin machines and get mangled and turned into 10 separate pieces of you and restocked for your friends to try to roll a strike at um it, it was uh it was a not a safe situation hawkins but it was actually a lot of fun and uh i, I did enjoy myself out there at bolskis <laughs> didn't play freebird either i'm very disappointed in you no, we didn't, but I did debut this new thing that I do where I play like the neck upside down instead of gripping it from underneath the neck. I grip the bass from on top of the neck and play <laughs> the entire bass from the top. And um, it's not actually all that hard to do, but people thought it was very amusing. Okay, we have three shows to debut, one from each of the brands. If you count NXT as a brand, that will be our Lazy River. We'll we'll deal with any points within the television going on. But there is a little bit of news to go over today. Joe During of Impact, re-diagnosed with brain cancer once again. Keep that guy in your prayers. I'm We are not avid Impact watchers over here, but I, I think he's been doing a solid job from what I've seen over there. Yeah, I... I don't know anything, but obviously I wish him the best of luck in his recovery yeah. and his fight against this. And interesting uh, comings and goings this week, starting with AEW. Bobby Fish contract not renewed by AEW. Kyle O'Reilly on his Instagram today, he's going to be out the rest of the year having surgery, but that was very interesting. In the same week where Bobby Fish on his podcast said he would, quote, go to war for Triple H. I don't know if the two are connected. I don't think they are. But yeah, Bobby Fish, uh, AEW contract has expired. He is now a free agent. Very interesting. The, the comments about going to war for Triple H. I don't think they're necessarily related. I think what is sort of related is his very frank comments on CM Punk's performance in the ring recently. And I think 
Fish's release really calls into question a lot of the creative choices around trying to reboot the undisputed era in AEW here. No big payoff. The dream match never really occurred. Hard to say that the angle really ever caught fire the way you had hoped it would have. Um, And now at the end of it, they're just going to have to kind of punt and retcon. So a lot of wasted time on the TV here. That's sort of me, the upshot. I get not wanting to renew him. But then, boy, it was silly to feature them so much, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> That's the interesting part. Here. I don't know what, what happened here, but something happened, I think. I, I you know, uh, By the way, just as an aside, a lot of people talk into the media this week. Tony's not going to tell you anything. Triple H is going to say something to make people angry, and he did. But the, the interview with Ariel Hawani was interesting. Errol Hawani going around like trolling Bailey to try and say she wants Sasha Banks back. You know, although Sasha Banks probably coming back, but you don't, but she can't say that publicly. Triple H said, congratulate AEW on quote, beating their developmental and everybody on Twitter got angry. Oh, last year he called, he said it wasn't a developmental dude. (laughs) They don't care about you. They're not your friends. Neither company is. They're not going to tell you anything that they don't want you to already know. So stop it. I mean, even on that, you know, Tony had another journalist call and avoided any tough question really by kind of, you know, uh, uh, although he did the one interesting thing on that call was about the Thunder Rosa thing that we brought up with the promo. She basically said, yeah, Thunder Rosa doesn't get ratings. That's why she wasn't on TV to cut a promo retiring her belt. Uh, It was... A, a baffling thing to choose to get your powder wet on. I, I, I mean, look, I think the criticism of, wow, Thunder Rosa should be talking just as much as CM Punk is, is a bit of a silly one or whatever variation or repackaging. And that's Steel Man, if you will. Here's the reality. Thunder Rosa on her best day is not as good as some of these punk mid promos that he's been delivering the last several weeks here. Punk has not been whacking it out of the park, but Thunder Rosa's work is spotty. I I would not trust her with that many minutes or that much time. I think the better answer for Khan diplomatically, uh, which is kind of what he got into, which is, oh, we didn't have that much time to really work out a, a, a full narrative arc. So we just thought less is more here. We didn't want to have her sort of like, you know, overstay or welcome or whatever. You don't have to talk about the ratings per se. You can basically punt on this question by saying this was on the fly booking, whereas CM Punk versus John Moxley is our long form storytelling. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I just I just like guys, you know, you, tone, it, again. Less is more, Tony. Just just say things that happen behind the scenes are our business, and I'd be fine with that. But, yeah. Uh, also appearing on uh, Dynamite this week, W. Morrissey has signed with the company in a baffling, baffling segment because it's the go-home show for a pay-per-view, and we're introducing people here. Number one. Number two, the workhorsemen were involved when on Dark, Eleva- or on dark the previous day, J.D., um, Oh, what's his last name? JD, the big guy. JD, I know, JD Drake. Drew. JD Drake. Drake had a promo saying saying that uh, he was gonna take some time away from the from the uh, from the uh, from the wingman wing to concentrate on the workhorsemen. There he is <laughs> next day. <laughs> I know that this was taped two weeks ago or whatever, but still, guys, come on. Uh, but happy for W. Morrissey. He looks very very jacked. Uh, and it looks like uh, he came out as a baby face and ended up as a heel at the end of that segment with one Stokely Hathaway. Yeah, I know. There, there was that. That was funny. And then I, I also just thought the wingman segment was funny in the wake of like the fish news here. Which So you have these guys who are actually in the company complain that they have not been getting enough screen time, which is, I'm sure, a common complaint among a number of the people in the back on the same week that... Bobby Fish is out of the company, which sort of means everything's centered around that angle is kaputskis. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. Lot I will waste of time. An, I'll add another layer. This was Ethan Page's gimmick before he went with Stokely too. He hasn't been on TV since. So, yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, him. 
Right, right, right. So one guy gets recruited and the other guy the other guys get beat up. Yeah. Uh over in uh over in WWE land, Wade Barrett, aka Stu Bennett, signed a two year deal. He'll be continuing with the company, but has no interest in wrestling. So it looks like their commentary table is kind of uh set for, for the time being. Ryan Katz returning to NXT, presumably to be part of Black and Gold Creative, or he was formerly part of Black and Gold Creative. It's presumed he will be part of the NXT Creative once again. And WWE co-CEO Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan have been given raises by the board of directors, as have Paul Levesque and Frank Riddick as well. Paul Levesque's new title, Chief Content Officer, Frank Riddick adds president to his CFO title. Any of those float your boat in any way, Chris? Not really, no. Okay. So we have a long, lengthy Lazy River, and we will fold in anything that we saw on the TV shows uh, into this. But yes, WWE, NXT, and AEW all having shows on this Labor Day weekend. We will go in chronological order, starting with Clash at the Castle tomorrow from Cardiff, Wales. The big return to the UK and a stadium show for the WWE. Six matches, uh, only six uh, so far. Uh, my card subject to change, but starting with Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic, the dumbest baby face since WCW Sting, taking on the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley. Chris, how do you see this going down? Dominic is finally going to defect to Judgment Day. I feel like the setup here is that he is upset that he was not included, and now Ray will have beef with Judgment Day because Dominic is part of Judgment Day. Edge will have beef with Judgment Day, and this feud will continue. I wanted to go the other way. I want Rhea to join the Mysterio family and her to become a terrible actress. That'd be great. <laughs> Honestly, I'm here for telling novella romance between Rhea Ripley and Dominic, where like they just have the stiff, most unconvincing romantic relationship we've seen on TV in years. Oh, no, not in years since Buddy Murphy and Aaliyah Mysterio. The irony is so thick because we're just switching partners on that thing. <laughs> that's that's called long term storytelling and that that's callbacks that's honestly jeff something like that would be a real sign that this product is really evolving under the the post vince mcmahon era. i can't even i can't uh, <laughs> i want that so bad uh i think uh man you know as tempting as it would be to get the attitude era uh big pop with two legends there uh, you know finn's from the U finn's from ireland uh, so I, I could see the, I think the judgment day wins this though. I think, they yeah, no, I, 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 I think that this is the start of Ray, you know, like this is the start of Ray on one side of this and Dominic on the other side of this. And that's what we've been building to. Right. Yeah. I mean, they could hold this off to raw. There's a chance of that, but man, that would be dumb. I think I liked the blocking of the segment involving edge, Kurt angle, Ray and Dominic. I thought that was actually really yeah. nicely pulled off. Yeah, on it's, Raw. it's kind of the flow. It was kind of like previously that day, also. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, it flowed. It flowed really nicely. I I agree. Uh, Gunther with Ludwig Kaiser taking on Sheamus with the brawling brutes of Ridge Holland and Butch for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. This could sneakily steal the entire weekend. I have two other matches that might as well, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to big bad men beating the crap out of each other, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I know. I I kind of think Old Man Bangers and Gunther are going to have a really fun match. I really do. I, I think uh, in this new WWE era, too, where the the handcuffs are off a little bit in terms of match format like they're, they're just going to be able to go out there be a little bit more creative and i think this is going to be bruising like like gunther is big enough to take all the clubbing blows from sheamus and then when walter finally starts doing i can't call him gunther i hate it uh when walter starts doing <laughs> it, it's it's horrible i feel like i'm eating taffy or something it, it feels bad uh it makes my teeth rot and when Walter starts doing those chops, it's going to be awesome. And like, yeah, Walter should go over and he will. And I, I think this is going to be a great match. 
I think if this match opens, there is a chance that Sheamus wins this because they've been bringing up the fact that he's never won the Intercontinental title. But I don't see that as much of a chance. I, I still going with Gunther, but I would it would not bowl me over if Sheamus got the win here for some reason. Okay. Moving on, Matt Riddle versus Matt Riddle with his first name back, by the way, versus Seth freaking Rollins in a singles match. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Number one, I did like the second half of the uh, of the uh, sit down where where Seth's trolling him and Matt starts cussing and it gave him a bit of an edge. I dug it. I did. It, oh it, no, it, this this is great because like the one thing these two guys have in common, which makes them a good feud, is that both of them have this persona where nothing bothers them. Like you have Seth Rollins, ah, ha, 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 like, and then like Matt Riddle's, bro, like, and like this whole attitude, like it doesn't really bother them. But like obviously, you know that that's just a veneer. And both of them managed to get under each other's respective veneers. And I thought that that made this match much more intriguing than it would have otherwise been. Yeah. Um, I think Matt Riddle needs this edge. And I also think I Seth, and I think, but I also think Seth Rollins needs a win because he's been doing nothing but giving up big losses all year. I think Seth Rollins pulls this one out somehow and it leads to a stipulation at extreme rules. Yeah. I think he cheats overtly, but wins. Yeah. But like it's a very obvious cheat. It's uh, you know, not like one of these not one of these weird WWE things that they've kind of got into. I think no, I think Rollins is gonna like kick him in the nuts or something like that and then pin him. Six woman tag match, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka take on Aunt Pam, aka Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Let's get this out of the way. Not belting Dakota Kai and EO Sky was business malfeasance. In 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 any any world, you're reintroducing the women's tag championships. You've brought up Dakota and EO from NXT, and you're trying to introduce them as threats. You belt them. You don't give it to Raquel and Aaliyah, who stinks. Aaliyah stinks. She's terrible. I I know. I'm trying to be nice. I can't anymore. I can't watch her in a match. Now, this is this is the biggest mistake that they've made in the post McMahon era so far in terms of booking. Like the 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 Aaliyah main eventing and getting belted decision was just perplexing. Well, not only that, but Tony Khan even said, "Oh, look, an opportunity, and he should sit down and hold and sit this one out because we're going to talk about that punk stuff in a little bit." But at the same time, it's it's one of those things where. They sit down and they're overthinking it. They're overthinking, okay, how can we make these two transitional? How can we make this a transitional tiles for when Sasha and Naomi come back so we don't have to beat anybody in Bailey's stable? As opposed to let Dakota and EO have these titles for a while and then build up if Naomi and Sasha are coming back, which I presume they are, for the grudge. We don't need. We don't. Baby placeholders, like I, I was like baby face and placeholder, baby placeholders. That's that's exactly what Aaliyah and Raquel are here. Yeah, it's it's the whole James Ellsworth helping Carmella win that first Money in the Bank match. No, make the first one important, you know, and make the re re bring the rebranding of it important. And this really doesn't help Raquel. I'm, no. uh, uh, of all people, like I, I just think this transitional title reign won't help Raquel at all. Other than, I feel like we're already telegraphing that Raquel is going to get mad at Aaliyah when she loses the belts for them. Right. Um. I have the heels going over here. I think Bailey, Dakota, and Io win this. I think it's the beginning of an Alexa heel turn because I think she's going heel. There's been some knowing looks here and there in there but overall i think because dakota and eo lost on the go home raw bailey dakota and eo stand tall after this one i agree for the wwe smackdown women's title Liv morgan the champion taking on Shayna baszler this match is very simple they're not going to take the title off of Liv. they know they made a mistake at SummerSlam. they know they made a big mistake at SummerSlam. Shayna baszler is a cipher for ronda rousey and Liv Morgan somehow going to pull this off. This might be uh, some heavy sledding watching this, but Liv Morgan's going to win. Chris, your thoughts? 
Um, I think I, it might not be a great match. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, the rebooting of Baszler on NXT makes me think that ultimately she might be NXT bound for like a refresh here. But I, I also think that that might mean that she's going to be able to work a match style that's much closer to the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, than whatever yes. the hell we've been treated to over the, the last the couple of years. Ra- the wrestling raccoon, Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Um, Triple H knows how to book Shayna Baszler. That, yep. that's that that we know um it would be intriguing though for Shayna to win this title and a feud with ronda yeah it would be very intriguing to me but the, you can't do that you can't give up on Liv after screwing her at at SummerSlam and making her look like a jerk because then there's absolutely no value in Liv morgan whatsoever and you decide to put this title on her for a reason yeah and then finally your main event of the day, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman taking on Drew McIntyre for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Chris, who you got? I think Reigns retains. Wow. Okay. Tell me why. <sighs> I don't think, <laughs> I think that Hunter is building up a bunch of other people, including Owens here. And I I think that Theory is going to include himself in the match somehow. And, and like, I think his Reigns is going to leave, I think, with at least one of the belts, if not both of them. He will uh, still be a champion at the end of this in some way, shape, or form. Well, I don't think both belts are on the line. I think just the Raw belt is. But don't just quote the, me on that. Uh, don't yeah. quote me on that. But... I, I, this is going to get split somehow, and and I, I disagree with you. I would have agreed with you if Vince were still in charge because I think the plan has always been for Roman's first loss is to drop that SmackDown tile to The Rock at WrestleMania. Right, Nobody yeah, knows Mania. if The Rock's coming back. Yeah, I I just um, I just thought that the the time equity is him with him is is it's about you know doing a hot transfer. I don't feel like. Drew is is getting refreshed nicely, but I don't feel like he's like fully hot enough to be Raw champion yet. I don't know. It's just my thought on it. They have uh, they have heated up carrying Cross. I think they've been doing a good job with Cross overall. To be honest with you, I mean, he, he look he may not set people's world on fire, but I think the vignettes and the, his presentation have been pretty darn good. I think yeah, that, that so that makes gives me pause because Cross is a heel, is Owens a heel? That's an interesting question, especially with this juxtaposition against the Usos now. Like if you'd asked me last week when they were in Canada, I would have just thought that was like a one week thing. But like Owens feels very much being positioned to go and feud against Roman here again. Yes, he does. But I think that I think I think that'll be for the Raw belt. But I think eventually that goes to Cody. Uh, but that was Vince's plan, so we will see what happens there. I think Drew wins this, and I'll tell you why. Because this this is the ultimate makeup for the empty arena WrestleMania where Drew was champ, and they absolutely dropped the ball on his championship reign. They were bringing him out every week, trying to either be funny Drew or ladies' man Drew or tough guy Drew. They brought back Heath Slater for a week to kill him. Nothing was working for them. I think this one, we get the ending, Drew McIntyre in front of that Cardiff Wales Stadium, and I think Triple H is into happy endings. So I think it's going to be a happy ending here. Uh, you def- I mean, I can definitely talk myself into this too, especially with the impending NXT Europe reboot that they seem somewhat serious about. Like, this doesn't seem like... It doesn't just seem like they're ending NXT UK to make NXT Europe to like completely punt on the project. It seems like they actually want to do a refresh, new coat of paint sort of thing here. And so, yeah, I think Hunter wants to have a good, strong, well-received UK show. It it, it will be a move that in the Hunterism would be best for business. Next day, Sunday afternoon. Worlds Collide brought to you by NXT and the group formerly known as NXT UK. New match added since I went over this card yesterday with with a bunch of people over at uh, Between Two Beards for the uh, Love Wrestling Canada Twitch feed. There were only five matches then. There are six matches now. The sixth one, sixth one, 
could be a banger as well. So let's go through this now, starting with the just added match, Nathan Frazier versus Axiom in a best of three falls match. Little wackiness on this. NXT. Well, Hawkins, if you watch NXT UK devotedly, as I do every yes. week, yes. yeah, you you would you would know that Nathan Frazier and Axiom were reading comic books. Yes. And had a discussion about fighting. This was also, so, this was also on NXT though. Yeah, you're right. That was I'm sorry, that was on NXT. <laughs> I was and just he, and yeah. he doesn't know that Axiom is really a kid. My God. Whatever shall we do? I kind of like that at least we're already hinting at the idea like like that like we know who the man the under the mask is like yes. I, I, I I there's just like nice little touches here where it's like okay we're actually going to start caring about history again the NXT go home show was actually quite good I liked it a lot and I liked the I liked the cameos I liked that it wasn't all just you know guys come from the high school to the middle school to bully them or anything like that I mean you had heel face interactions that that weren't contentious, really. You know, you had Finn and Braun. You had Tommaso and uh, uh, who was who was Tommaso with? I forgot. Was he, wasn't he? Uh, did he also do Braun? Did he? I think he might have. Okay, yeah. You had Shayna uh, in there with Mandy Rose. I mean, I, I it was a kind of a cool little uh, love letter to NXT, and I kind of dug it. And I, NXT, I, I thought, I, yeah, I thought it elevated the show I, yes. I i just i just thought that it added prestige to each one of them um kaylee ray coming out and talking to mako satamora was was real nice mm -hmm. uh yep uh just, just thought that they they've been doing a nice job so nathan frazier and axiom and two uh three falls i think that's gonna, this is gonna be a sprint it's gonna be awesome and i think nathan frazier wins this Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm with you on that. Sure. Because they're both very good. I could also see Axiom. Uh, yeah, right. I could see that. This seems like a dealer's choice. Yeah, it's yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. In a singles match for the NXT North American title, Carmelo Hayes against Ricochet, who cut the promo of his life on this NXT go home show. Not just that. This is my other match that I think might steal the weekend. I am... I am here to see if Carmelo Hayes can hang with Ricochet. Yeah, I am too. And I, I'm with you. I'm like, where did this Ricochet come from? What? Like, th this guy has this promo in him? Yeah, no, he surprised the hell out of me with this. Uh, I'm excited for this match. I, I think Melo retains, uh, but I, I'm very intrigued to see if Melo can hang with Ricochet. And I tend to think he can. And I think this will be a great coming out party for Carmelo if he can. Keep Trick Williams away from this or get his interference done early and get him out of there. That That's my only hope for this match, because if the ending is because of Trick Williams, that's a womp womp. I don't want that at all. I agree. In a four-way tag team elimination match to unify the NXT and NXT UK tag team champions, the very personable Creed brothers your NXT tag champs who are getting better on the stick by the week, taking on Gallus, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang taking on pretty deadly Elton Prince and Kit Wilson taking on Brooks Jensen and Josh Brooks or Josh Briggs. Three of these four teams. I'm very happy to see. Also can, appearing in this match, Brooks and Jensen also appearing in this match, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. Yes. Um, Chris, who do you think comes out with these unified tag titles? Boy, that's an interesting one. Because there are three contenders in here that that I think could do it. Man. I can I'm go gonna, first if you need I'm, to think. I'm going to go Gallus. Okay. My friends over on the Canadian podcast also thought Gallus would be coming in there because they're good heels. They've just been introduced, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, yep. Um, I think the Creed brothers have their own story with the Diamond Mine splitting up and Brooks and and we have an interesting story here with, with Gallus. Um I am gonna say pretty deadly walks out with these titles. Yes, boy. Um, I think I think it eventually comes down to pretty deadly versus Jensen and Briggs. I think they win. I think the Creed brothers and Gallus end up 
knocking themselves out or possibly even a double count out if they want to do it that way, which I would hate, but I could see them doing it that way to get them out of the way. But I think this is how they get the belts over to pretty deadly without pinning either the creeds or even Gallus. So yeah, yeah, no, it's um, with a team like pretty deadly, you always have to use trap doors and stuff to get these heel teams to have wins. And this is a good trap door sort of situation. That said, pretty deadly, still very entertaining to me. Oh, they're a very, very good Matt. A very, very good team. Uh, they're all, very good at what they do. Of all the teams that come out of NXT UK, out of that morass, they are the most surprising because they started as just mere. They were. They weren't even pretty deadly at first. They were just the two names they were as enhancement talent, and now they might be the best team that they've produced, other than you know, other than the teams that you know get all the accolades and stuff that were already pretty much tag teams like yeah i know it's like right you don't uh, can you really count mustache mountain when like bait and seven were really such a complete unit pre-nxt uk like whereas pretty deadly is something made out of whole cloth by that franchise Mm -hmm. that that absolutely works and the grizzled young veterans are uh are are well, they were great until whatever the hell they're doing yeah, right now is. Whatever that thing is, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever you want to call this, it's which is just war crimes. It's horrible. In more homecomings, Katana Chance and Caden Carter, your champions, taking on Dewdrop and Nikki Ash for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Not sure, but they're kind of hinting at Dewdrop and Nikki Ash being kind of rebranded, probably back to Piper Niven and Nikki Cross. I'm not positive of that, but they've been doing some vignettes where Dewdrop's been trying to get rid of the cape, etc. And they have been having some vignettes where they're in the background arguing very much. That said, I am here for Dewdrop doing powerful things to the tiny, tiny NXT Women's Tag Team Champs. But despite that, I think the uh, the champs retain here. I think the champs retain. I'm with you. I think what we're going to see here is Nikki and Dewdrop are not on the same page during this match. And we're going to kind of like create some continuity over on Raw where this thing started happening on NXT. They just haven't been getting along. Um, I personally think that Nikki A.S.H. where she now can do more complete superhero costumes and like they don't have to be like kid friendly they can just be like superhero costumes is actually not a bad gimmick like because this week she was doing uh wasn't Catwoman was it it was uh (laughs) no but Huntress yeah something like that yeah I I I don't I'm trying to like oh man I'm I'm bad I'm bad with superheroes uh but like I kind of like the idea of Okay, now she can stop doing the butterfly goofy stuff and actually do cool superhero cosplay, and that's actually a fun gimmick. I'm actually hoping that she gets to be back to be NXT Nikki, and she gets that to be would be cool like too. San- Sanity Nikki was one of my favorite wrestlers in that promotion. I, I really did. I really liked her a lot. Going to the triple threat for the to unify the NXT and NXT UK Women's Championships. Mandy Rose, your NXT champ, taking on Mako Satamura versus NX, your NXT UK champ. One of these things don't belong here, and that's Blair Davenport, who is the third wheel here, probably to take the pin. But I can see a, a situation where not supposed to take the pin. Um, In a perfect world for me, this would be Mako versus Mandy, and Mako would kill her in eight seconds. We discussed this last week. But since this is not a singles match, it's super clear to me, especially given that Shayna Baszler promo, that Mandy Rose is winning this by pinning Blair Davenport. I would say that unless Mandy's going to the uh, main roster. That said, I could see a world where, uh, where Mako pins Blair Davenport to win this as well. I want Mako to stick around. I want her to be a trainer down there. Oh, that's the other piece of news I did not put on there because Santana Garrett now training with the at the PC. Okay, I take Mako, but you know, <laughs> uh, I am not a fan of Blair Davenport. I am not a fan of B Priestley. Uh, I just that's mostly from the AEW days, and I just it was one of those things where she kept hurting people, and I was just like. Yeah, I know she's Will Ospreay's girlfriend right now, but <laughs> that said, Mako Satamara always welcome on my TV screen. I, I like her a lot. And Mandy has been doing okay. That that match on uh uh on was it Heatway versus Zoe Stark was better than it had any right to be. So I think she's gonna be bringing it too. I am actually looking very forward to this match. I agree. Then finally, 
your singles match to unify the NXT and NXT UK Championship. Newly crowned UK champ Tyler Bate. Tiny, tiny Tyler Bate. <laughs> Taking on Braun, don't call me a Steiner breaker. Tyler Bate, ring general here. He's going to have some heavy lifting to do. Especially to do a convincing match where he can take on Braun Breaker. But if there's somebody who can do it, it is Tyler Bate. The Tyler, I, I like that he's here instead of Ilya, to be honest with you. Because the story of NXT UK, to me, is wasted opportunity with Tyler Bate. 19 years old, he's the first NXT UK title. Drops it on a random, on a random show. I think it was an NXT TakeOver that they just cobbled together to Pete Dunne because Pete Dunne was the more interesting story during the tournament when he was, you know, getting cheers for beating people up for no reason. And then they never decided to build up bait again. They put him on Mustache Mountain. He had some bangers with Mustache Mountain. Had some bangers as the uh, NXT Heritage Cup champion. Don't get me wrong. But he's now been in the system, what, six years or so? Still fairly young. But, you know, since then, seems like he's kind of just grown his hair out and gotten a lot of tattoos and not done a lot. What do you think, Chris? I don't think he's winning here. <laughs> uh, I, I, so, I mean, there's that. And Is it possible he's brought up as the Gargano of SmackDown? The, undersized, the undersized guy. You can put him in a, you can put him in a feud with Butch if you want. Um <laughs> but uh yeah it makes you wonder how much longer butch is going to be butch especially having him show up on nxt like i, I wonder uh, it was just felt so weird when they're like oh that that's butch <laughs> so, hey it's my old pal butch how you doing pete i mean butch butch yeah i the, the weirdest thing was when he had to call him butch yeah i uh <laughs> Yeah, but Braun Breaker's winning this one, right? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. winning this. I, I mean, I think this is a great opportunity to make the big strong boy look strong, but like he has to be shown to be as strong as Braun Breaker, and then Braun Breaker has to be shown to be stronger. Agreed. And with that, we move over to the finale of our weekend, Sunday evening, live on pay-per-view or fight TV or wherever you're gonna get this. 87 matches on all out. <laughs> A probably six and a half hour pay-per-view of some variety with absolutely no filler because how dare you want to go use the restroom or get snacks. That said, there's 14 matches. Tony has threatened to add more, and I say threatened lovingly, but where are you going to fit these things? Because you know the Bucks are going to go 35 minutes over time. <laughs> we are recording this, though, before Rampage airs, so we do not know who the other people will be in the trios tournament i will give two scenarios though for that but we start with zero hour the pre-show three matches on that starting with a rematch tomahiro ishii versus eddie kingston gonna be a lot of guys smacking each other in forearms and eddie kingston's gonna win this you, yeah Chris. kingston i agree Pac versus kip sabian in what has been a year-plus story to get to the pre-show for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I don't care about Kip Sabian. I think Penelope Ford may come in to help, but I don't see Kip Sabian winning this title at all. I think Pac's a pretty good travel champion. Interesting. Um, I mean, I just feel like if you've gone this far to repackage and reboot Sabian, you have yes. to have him come in and make a splash, and him having a loss his first match back after a while seems wrong i'm gonna say pack wins i'm sorry i'm I'm sorry i'm gonna say sabian wins sabian wins wow i agree with you normal normal logic would say kip sabian takes this title which doesn't mean well we have we have I, they, I, they, I, they, which title is this i don't even remember this was the one that he's, he's defending on small uh promotions outside of the united states and it was it was a uh it was a tournament where no american was in there and they had i think miro was in here and and pack and i think uh they got a lot of cool belts is what they got Ishii very cool here. yes it's a, it's a ridiculous title yeah and no, it's finally ridiculous. and then finally hook's gonna murder death angelo parker to the cheers of many yeah yeah so that does zero hour enjoy 
maybe, maybe, maybe Taz will be plugged in. Maybe he won't be. We'll see. <laughs> Starting now with the main card. Lots of matches. We'll see if JR takes a nap. Starting with <laughs> Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho in a singles match. Chris, how do you see this one breaking down? Ooh, this is a tough one. Because I'll vamp for you while you think. This is yeah. Remember, yeah, Daniel it. Garcia came down on on Dynamite, took a chair from Chris Jericho, so he didn't hit Brian Danielson because Daniel Garcia is an idiot, and he has hope that Chris Jericho will see the error of his ways and not cheat. He's gonna cost Danielson the match, but not intentionally. Oh, okay. That's interesting because a lot of people think this is a swerve on Garcia's part just to go back to being part of the JAS again. I disagree. I think this is the full baby face turn for Daniel Garcia because I think hopefully they've learned the lesson of, of um, Wardlow in that when it's time to turn somebody, you turn them. You, you don't back off on it and wait a while because it's not as hot the next time. I think... Danielson wins this when Garcia interferes. And then on Wednesday in Buffalo, as Garcia is wrestling Wheeler Yuta for the pure championship, I think Jericho ends up screwing Daniel Garcia there. So I have Danielson winning this one. Okay. All right. Four way for the interim AEW women's world championship. Tony storm versus Britt Baker. D M D. Versus Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida. Shida having a pretty good week. Yet another belt added to the fold, though, as the Regina Wave title has been added here. But on Dark Elevation, she and Emmy Sakura had a hell of a match, I thought. Um, Truly underrated. I like three of these four women quite a bit. Uh, I'd watch a one-on-one with three of these women quite any day of the week. I do not like four ways. I think this is going to be a bit of a mess, but Chris, who pins who for the AEW women's title interim in parentheses, assuming that Thunder Rosa comes back. I feel like the intriguing move would be like Baker pinning Jamie Hayter. That's who I have. That is exactly who I have. And I think you're correct. I think they go intriguing here. I think Tony storm could win this. I think she deserves to win this. I think they. And it looks like Tony Storm is going to win this when she has Hater down on the ground, and then Baker just takes advantage of that situation and pins Hater. Yes, they lost their window with Tony Storm, and it is a it is a tragedy of many kinds because they don't know how to build women, and they don't know how to let them just do promos. Um, but yes, I agree with you. I think Britt Baker pins Jamie Hater, and that starts the uh, dissension in the ranks once again. Because I don't think Rebel's going to be involved in this. But yes, uh, Britt Baker, we're going chalk here. She's the only one who can really carry the division with a promo. So that's who you go with. Agree or disagree? You no, know, I agree. I, I She's a heel. Rose is a face. She carries the division with the promo. Yeah. You'll now have the sort of Damocles with Jamie Hayter off to the side here. Will Hayter cause Baker the title in the interim reunification match and a natural feud for Baker to spiral out into with Hayter when she loses the... I mean, like, it just makes all the sense in yeah, the world. Yeah, I'd like to hear Hayter cut her promo before I judge her. The only other person here right now who's really doing great work to me in terms of both wrestling and promo work is Serena Deeb, and she's on the eight, she's on the dark shows right now. But, you know, you can plug her in at any time and she'll be outstanding because she has been outstanding six man tag match because we don't have enough of those we don't have we don't have a tournament here or nothing we're just gonna water down the six (laughs) just beat you over the head with these six man matches yes they are but in this one the house of black malachi black brody king and buddy matthews taking on darby allen sting and miro I enjoyed the promo with Miro, Darby Allen, and Sting. I did as well, even though Darby said something syntactically that was strange. I don't quite remember what he said, but it was weird. And I was like, I don't feel like that's the way that sentence normally goes. But I loved Miro's part of it. And Sting, 
what can you say about this guy? Like <laughs> he's so like it's crazy that he's still good in the year 2022. He's gonna jump off of something tall. It's gonna be awesome. He's gonna do something. But who pins who here and what happens? Does Darby get the pin here? A lot of people think Darby needs the pin, but man, I see like Malachi pinning Sting. Interesting. I, I think Malachi and Miro are eventually going to break off and do a singles. I think Malachi and Sting are eventually going to do a single somewhere down here. But I mean, I think the House of Black needs the win. I mean, there's been rumblings about Malachi Black being unhappy uh, at AEW, but it may not have anything to do with AEW. It may just happen to do with things behind the scenes. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those one of those things where I could see anybody of the three baby faces getting the pin. But I could also see Sting taking a pin in the House of Black winning here. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, you talked to me either way here. I'm going to say House of Black loses because Miro pins like Buddy. Okay. I'm Buddy, bu- Buddy, Buddy's very easy to pin. In another title where they don't have any idea where they're going, I don't think, but I think they might have a plan B now. Jade Cargill, your champion, the TBS champion, taking on Athena. If you had told me right when they signed her that that this match was happening, I'd tell you Athena would be the one to break the streak. I don't think she is. I think Chris Statlander was originally going to be the one to break the streak. She's going to be out for some time. I think now we're going to start rebuilding Willow Nightingale. And I think Willow Nightingale is going to be the one to beat Jade finally for this title. I'm kind of interested in this, even though it might be a bit of a train wreck. I I think uh, I think the baddies get involved somehow, but I think Jade Cargo retains. Yeah, I don't think Athena's going over here. I think Jade's going to retain. Uh, I, I think that maybe if Athena had been kind of really connecting with crowds more here in the last couple of months that maybe there would have been a chance, but that hasn't been happening. And they do like them some Jade Cardgill. And now you've built up enough equity around her. You might as well just keep the belt on her until you're actually ready. Interesting enough on the Wikipedia page, they, they plug this match as Jack Perry versus Christian cage in a singles match. I, uh, I mean, I he did say that in the promo. I liked I liked Jungle Boy's part of that promo too. I did. I, I just like you're not gonna be wrestling Jungle Boy. You're gonna be fighting Jack Perry. I was like, that's a good line. It's a hell of a line. Unfortunately, this this has sports entertainment written all over it because of Luchasaurus, and I think Christian Cage wins this one. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the obvious obvious lingering questions about where's Luchasaurus's head at are just glaring. They're just, it, it's so obvious that this story is going to arc through him. Cage with the injury, the heel, the veteran older heel with the injury versus the fully healthy guy. Hmm. <laughs> Although I could see Christian Cage losing this and then doing a beatdown and then using the arm as an excuse. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. But I also could see him. I, I mean, I just see him winning here and then lording over that he defeated Jungle Boy with a broken arm. That's true, too. Another six-person match, which is inexplicable in terms of the booking, but here we are. It's a super match. It's well, a no, this match. is a kind of a fresh format for this card here. They haven't done like a three guys on one side versus three guys on another side style match yet. Wardlow and FTR of Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood taking on Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. I will give my thoughts on this as a strategy move. When you have Satnam Singh, why are you bringing in the Motor City Machine Guns to fight Wardlow? Okay. This match will be very, very good for what it is as long as it goes. But I think eventually Jay Lethal breaks down with the Motor City Machine Guns, allowing them to leave and continue to be baby faces because nobody wants to boo the Motor City Machine Guns setting up a tag match for the ROH tag titles against FDR eventually, but Jay Lethal eventually takes the pin from Wardlow. Yeah, yeah, that's where I see the settling in. Wardlow pins Jay Lethal. Moving on, the casino ladder match. 
interesting staging here. Claudio Castagnoli versus Wheeler Yuta, both of the Blackpool Combat Club. Penta El Zero Miedo versus, versus Ray Phoenix, a.k.a. the Lucha Brothers. Roosh versus Andrade El Idolo, a.k.a. Los Ingobernables del Faction. Versus Dante Martin versus To Be Determined. First of all, who who is your TBD? Second of all, who wins this? You can get more than one TBD yeah. if you want. Oh, uh, I, I feels like Andrade needs to win this. Wow. Okay. Um, who is TBD? I don't know. I I have no guess on TBD. I really don't. Okay. Uh, logic here because everybody else has a partner in here. It would be somebody connected tangentially to Dante Martin, like possibly even Leo Rush coming back. I would think, but I don't think that's happening. Also of interest would be MJF here as TBD. Also, I could see a scenario where the Dark Order loses tonight on Rampage, and this could be Adam Page coming out as the jo- as the Joker. I'm going to go fairly conventional here, though. Um, I was talked into it last night. I think this is Ethan Page coming out here to uh, rebrand himself. Uh, uh. And I don't know if Andrade El Idolo wins this, um, but I, I believe whoever the Joker is is going to win this. If it's a not-so-big name, it's blown off on a dynamite. If it's a big name, it's saved for the next pay-per-view. But, I mean, if it was Paige and you wanted to reinsert him here, this would be a good way to kind of get him refreshed. I would sure. agree. I yeah. have another scenario as well, but uh, TBD is winning, whoever it is, in my opinion. Okay. Although, okay. Andrade, I like Andrade as as a world title contender. I think you need him up. The problem is everything he's been doing is goofy as hell. So. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, it, it, it all sucks. I, I guess maybe I'm wish casting a little bit. I just want him to, like, not be stinky. I want him to be. I want him to be as cool as Santos Escobar, like he was I, in NXT. He, he was that. I know he was that. Yeah. Escobar's a better promo, uh, but but like he was cool. I know. I remember this. Swerve in our glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland taking on the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster inexplicably for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, where the entire story is the acclaimed don't deserve a title match. That's the story, Chris, that they've told on TV. Is there any way the acclaimed to win this? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, a lot of this has also been Swerve and uh, Keith Lee have been underestimating and undervaluing the acclaimed, going like, oh, you guys are fifth ranked, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I think the acclaimed win here. Wow, you think they're the new tag champs? I I, I think so. I mean, there's I, no way in hell, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that, especially if Billy Oh, well, okay. Uh, well, there's that, and there's also the fact that, like, Swerve is like not really fully a babyface, right? Like there's still, right. yeah. I mean, like there is always this inner tension between Swerve and Our Glory. They're gonna split at some point. We know this. Okay, you can talk me into it, but I, I don't think it happens here. I think they, I think they lose to a better team. Like FDR. even with the guidance of Daddy Ass, <laughs> they scissored Jeff. If they scissor, there's a chance of it. Right? No, if they're not, gonna, so. you know, they're gonna scissor at least once. <laughs> I never thought that'd be said on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs in a singles match. Chris, uh, I think Starks has to beat Hobbs, but like, I, I think actually, like, this is going to be a longer feud, so maybe Hobbs beats Starks here. Hobbs has been murder deathing Starks. I would love it for him to murder death him again in like thirty seconds. That is, yeah, that's it. right. That's right. The build of this has all been like Hobbs just sort of like dismisses away Ricky Starks. So this has to be, this at least has to be the moment where Starks makes Hobbs realize that he's an actual legitimate threat. Yeah, no, Starks is winning this. There's no way. All right. <laughs> yeah, 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 and they need to keep him hot. Starks wins. The elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, Nick Jackson and. Matt Jackson, who had uh, who had one hell of an athletic endeavor versus uh, versus Aussie Open and one uh, one Will Osprey. There's another possibility for your TBD, by the way, is Will Osprey. 
that would that would fascinate me of him saying that's it for me in AEW for now was a total swerve and he comes out there tonight or tomorrow or Sunday and uh and 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 wins this casino ladder match. Anyways, uh taking on uh to be determined it will either be the best friends or the dark order who now have Adam Page along with the Beaver Boys of uh <laughs> of Johnny Hungy and uh, Alex Reynolds. Uh, Chris, who wins the Rampage half of the bracket tonight? And uh, who wins the inaugural AEW World Trios Championships? Well, I think Paige and Dark Order are definitely going over the best friends tonight. Okay. And... I could see them winning the whole thing. Interesting. Like, as like a few, because like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of drama going through the Bucks and Omega and Paige here, but like, especially with Omega on the other team and Paige and Omega having, like they never never buried the hatchet. And I I, I mean, I, I just, I don't feel like Aussie Open's winning this. Oh no, Aussie Open's not in it. Right. Oh, they're not in it anymore. Oh, who, no, no. Who, they, they, they lost. Oh, who's the other, what was the other team? It's Omega and the Bucks or the Dark Order or the Best Friends. Uh, Dark Yeah, or the Dark Order guys. Uh, Dark Order and Paige. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Tony just said that he just kind of laughed at their booking of the t- women's tag titles. I mean, that to me indicates you have to go chalk here of Omega and the Bucks. But let me lay out a story for you here that I find interesting booking if if it were to happen. I don't think it will, but it would be interesting if it happened. Best friends beat the Dark Order. There's there was a there was a segment taped after Dynamite where Aussie Open and Will Ospreay beat up Kenny Omega and the Bucks. What if Kenny's not able to go in the finals and now Hangman Page being free from quote unquote free from the bonds of friendship with the dark order say, Hey guys, is it cool if I go with my friends, the bucks and try to win the, 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 the trios titles and then possibly that would have worked great. if The bucks had been presented effectively as tweeners. Yes. And then, and then possibly then Adam page causes, costs them the match against the best friends. I think I could see a scenario where the best friends win the world trios titles here. Cause I think they want to blue ball us on the, the reuniting of the elite a little bit more. Um, but I think the smart move is still to put on Kenny and the Bucks. Um, so I can't go against that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I feel like Page and Dark Order need something. I'm gonna okay. go Page and I'm going Page and Dark Order. I don't think you've talked me off of this. I'm going Page and Dark Order. That's fine. I, I can see that. I I uh I think that'll be very interesting. We'll see what happens. And then finally, well, actually, before finally, who do we get? Do we get anybody as a debut or a signing? Because Tony's been hinting at it, and he's been hinting that after All Out, this will be the strongest roster ever in AEW. Mm. It's a a big big problem. They must be getting The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. I, That's what I'm, w- I'm talking about. Dwayne Johnson. Yes, I was reminded. Not only Anderson. Um, no. Or Don Morocco. No, or Don Morocco. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, not, not well, Don, Don Morocco Mar- would fill out this roster. I'll tell you that much. That's so true. Um, He'd really round it out. I think they're alluding to Kota Ibushi is signed. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I think they finally. I think he bought the contract to Kota Ibushi, and Kota Ibushi is going to probably appear as a signing here. I don't know that for a fact. I think MJF sometime appears here. I don't know when it might be during this main event, but let's get into it and we'll, we'll, we'll hash it out. John Moxley, your champion taking on CM Punk 10 days after murder deathing CM Punk to the joy of many. First of all, what did you think of the CM Punk promos and the John Moxley promos? If you want to add those into it. Yeah, it was an incredible cover of the movie Rocky. <laughs> uh, I thought that Punk's part of the promo was actually pretty flat and wasn't really connecting because no one bought it. This was not Mark Henry in the salmon suit. Yes. Ace Steel, for his part, 
rose above bad content, but when he has to go, I'm so sorry. You see, my name is Ace Steel. I am CM Punk's friend. It felt like a high school, no, a middle school stage production. <laughs> and I thought that Ace Steel then picked it up, then also delivered the promo of his life and really got Punk, you know, like yes punk was better after that but then like i'm very confused with the way that they are doing doing regionality with this program yes they went Having, regional versus company babyface and tried to heal the company babyface a little bit yes it's unclear to me who uh, after this pay-per-view will be largely received as a babyface or largely received as a heel because moxie comes out is basically a heel. Uh, even when he's trying to like be sort of baby face, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Chicago. Your boy's a weak weenie. I hate him. I'm going to beat the crap out of him. I beat the crap out of him for a I, I know he's your boy. You love him. I'm going to keep beating the crap out of him. I'm going to leave him in a heap. He's going to be bloody, and he's just going to get pulp when I'm finished with him. I know you guys love this guy. I love him, too. I, I really, you know, it was a very not endearing promo for Moxley. And then, and then he leaves an open contract in the middle of the ring. Yes, which is also weird. It like it, it perplexing. Like like there were any number of ways to go, and then a steel. It just it was very campy. Is yeah. the word that comes to mind? I found this whole go home stuff to be very campy. I I liked a steel just over delivering, but I agree with you with on the exposition stuff. I was just like, okay, now they're explaining, and everybody's like, they explained to me was on the TV. I'm like, yeah, that's fine, but he's still just random dude coming out. Although that's kind of understated. I like that he was the guy who picked up the contract and went out. And they they mentioned it on TV, but people in the arena would be going, who the hell's that? And then they pay it off in the promo later. Oh, well, you know that's good planning. Let's give him credit for that. The second half of the CM Punk promo was excellent. Because it was the fire, and I, and everybody wants to see fired up punk. First half of the melodrama, I'm exactly with you. Mark Henry, salmon suit, did not buy it for a second though. Um, I found some issues with with the Moxley promo. I would have much rather he directed it towards Punk versus just I'll take on anybody kind of a thing. Um, I also think that Tony misjudged who this crowd were. He was thinking he was getting the United Center Center of Chicago crowd. And what he was getting was the we had to buy tickets to all three shows this week travel crowd in suburban Chicago, Illinois, 30 minutes outside of Chicago, who actually like Moxley and are not rabid punk fans. They're guys who want to cheer the top baby face in the company as opposed to boo the top baby face in the company. That said, who do you have winning this then, Chris? Man, um, is Moxley turning heel here? Like, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, and and, and uh, I, what if this goes time limit draw? Oh I, wow! No, no, especially after that little. You can't go fifty-seven minutes, and they did like a little, like little crap three-minute match last week. What if that was the fake out for the actual match here, which is going to be very long. I think CM Punk wins this and he wins it by cheating, like blatantly cheating and possibly doing a rehash of Money in the Bank 2011 with Ace Steel playing the Johnny Ace Vince McMahon part in some way, and but actually succeeding or something to that effect. Um, I also think MJF returns at the end of this pay-per-view to stare down Punk afterwards and basically tell us he told us so about Punk. And that the pinnacle might be baby faces after that. Possibly FTR even coming in to help with the beatdown of Punk or turning on Punk or going back with MJF to be baby faces as well. But I think we see the return of MJF at the end of this pay-per-view, staring down the heel Punk as the quote-unquote savior of AEW, which is going to be mind-bending to me. Any thoughts on what they might do here at the end with 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 Punk as champion if he wins, or even Moxley as he wins? Next contender up. 
Um, I mean, it does feel like eventually we're going back to that punk MJF thing. I am less convinced that like MJF's going to be redebuted as a baby face than you yeah, are. I'll say that much. I, thing. I mean, he's I don't, I don't know jerk. that I buy that, especially. Yeah, no, I don't think they'd be aligned. Could MJF and punk be aligned? Oh, that like steel MJF and punk are all in cahoots with one another. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see. Well, anyways, we are up against it, so I will uh, cut us off here. Enjoy your wrestling. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Enjoy your conditioning if yours is working, because mine is not right now. You can follow me at Crap Game 13 uh, You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. I will be on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel after All Out with the Power Bombshells. Uh, I will be myself and Paul Fontaine joining uh, Sam and Mel over there giving all of our thoughts on all out. Be sure to join us over there live about 15 minutes after the show. Chris has gigs and he has Patreons and he has a plethora of merch to try and sell you all. He's going to do that now. Yeah. You can see me at Aiders down in deep Elm, Texas, every Sunday night, you can come and see, you're not going to make it to the show at goat Hill tonight, but that's where I'm going to be tonight. Um, you could go and listen to Don't Worry About the Government. I taped a show earlier this month. I'll probably tape another one here next week or something like that over at patreon.com slash DWATG. Follow me on the Instagram, Dr. underscore Nov, D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V, um, and on Twitter at, uh, at DWATG. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.